You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today, we are continuing our conversation about uh, food security issues around central Indiana in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, today, I'm speaking to Kate Howe, who is the Managing Director of Indie Hunger Network, and their website is IndieHunger.org, and make sure you check out the Community Compass app. Say that up at the top, but Kate... Thank you for joining us. And, you know, we've talked to gleaners and we've talked to some smaller food banks. Where do you fit into the picture? What's different about Indie Hunger Network? Indie Hunger Network is a coalition of hunger relief organizations. And we believe that we can do a better job in feeding people in our community by working together. So the partner organizations in Indie Hunger Network include Gleaners Food Bank, also Midwest Food Bank, Second Helpings, Sokoa, and Meals on Wheels, who are feeding people with disabilities and senior citizens, and the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, which is the largest food pantry we have here in the city. We also work with a network of 200 food pantries across the city, and we believe that by coming together, communicating, and collaborating on projects, we can do a better job of getting food to the people that need it. So do you assist in fundraising and communication? What are some specific programs that, that you have there? Yeah, so the first thing we do is just bring people together to talk about what they're seeing. What is the need? Where is the need? Are there groups of people we aren't reaching? What programs is each of the organizations doing to help feed people? Um, we have conferences to, to provide information to some of the local food pantries. We just created a manual to help them implement best practices, so do, do the best job they can in feeding our community. Um, we have some food rescue programs. We teach cooking and nutrition education classes um, at food pantries, schools, and other places where people need help learning about how to, how to eat better on um, the food that they're getting from food assistance. And then um, one of our newest projects is an app that we created to help connect the community with information on where to get food. So we've got all these different places you can get help with food, but if you don't know where they are, um, it, it won't help you and your family to get to that food. So how did the Indy Hunger, Hunger Network, excuse me, start? We started in response actually to the recession in 2009. All of the hunger relief organizations in the city were seeing that there was an increased need for food. Um, a lot of people in the community had lost their jobs or fallen on hard times. And all of the organizations that were um, trying to meet that need didn't know how they were going to increase their capacity to help all the people that needed food. And so um, one of the leaders, the leader of Second Helpings at the time, went to Mayor Greg Ballard, who was then our mayor, and said, we need your help. Um, how, can, how can you help us meet the need for food? And so he called together the leaders of all these organizations in his office, and that was the start of the Indie Hunger Network. And we've been meeting ever since. We became a nonprofit in 2012, and then I was hired in 2016 as our first uh, managing director to um, expand the work that we're doing and reach more people. So you mentioned second helpings. Um, can you give just a brief overview of, you know, there's gleaners and Midwest and they have two very distinct roles and then there's second helpings. And then there's the 200 food pantries you mentioned. Can, can you give us a brief guide to how food security works here in Indianapolis? 
Sure, it's complicated. Um, and that's part of what we try to do at Indie Hunger Network is, is make it less complicated for people by helping them understand the different programs and how they can um, access them. So Second Helpings has a three-part mission. They do food rescue. So they go to grocery stores, um, to restaurants, to downtown hotels that have big catering events, and they rescue the food that's not needed, that's left over. And then they go back, take that back to their kitchen, and they repurpose that food into uh, meals for hunger relief. So they they create big casserole pans full of food, and then they take those to after-school programs, to community centers, senior centers, other places to feed folks with that um, food that's still good but couldn't be used at the place that it was originally from. And then the third thing they do is culinary training, um, job training for people that um, are looking to launch into a new career, maybe are having difficulty finding employment. They do a free culinary job training program. I believe it's a seven-week program. And so they, um, they're doing what we call congregate meals. So those in-person family-style meals um, at local different local facilities. Right now, those are all happening outdoors with prepacked meals that are getting handed out rather than people sitting down together. And then what does a Gleaners, how does a Gleaners or a Midwest Food Bank differ from uh, your, your, you know, the St. Vincent, uh, was it St. Vincent DePaul? I, I'm, I'm sorry if I messed that up. I No, that's correct. I, I know them briefly because they uh, had their, um, they had their copper wiring stolen about a decade ago and I donated, community donated oh. to have them have their refrigerators built up back up. But what is the difference between a food pantry like that and a food bank? That's a great question. And I don't know if a lot of people are aware of it. So food bank really is like a warehouse. So if you think about the Walmart distribution center that brings in the food from all over the country and then distributes it out to the grocery stores, the food bank is like that big distribution center or warehouse. And so they're gathering food from grocery stores, from donations, from food they purchase, from government programs, all in their big warehouse. And then they send that to the food pantries, which are essentially like a grocery store. And the food pantries are where the public can go to actually get the food that they want and need. Um, Gleaners actually has the is a food bank, but it also has a food pantry on site. So it confuses some people because it functions in both ways. They have the warehouse, but they also have the grocery store. So let's say my family is in need. What does the typical family in need of, of help in this regard look like? You know, what are what are some of the things that might lead to it? Is it consistent help? Is it sometimes a one one off situation? You know, what is the average person accessing a food bank? What does that look like? That's a great question. Um, I think there's a sort of a misconception that people that are using food assistance are not working, um, that they are unemployed or don't want to be employed. Um, but that's almost always not the case. 60% um, of the people using food assistance in our city are employed for wages. And then a lot of the rest of the folks are kids mm. or um, retired folks or people who are disabled and unable to work. And so, so really there is not a lot of, there, uh, there are of course going to be those people who lose a job and need temporary help while they get back on their feet. And we're seeing more and more of those folks during the pandemic, people who might've been employed in January and, and are, have are, you know, lost their job um, during the pandemic and are needing help for the first time. Um, but by and large, it's folks that are working but just aren't making enough to make ends meet, either because they have a low wage job or they have a big family or some other expense like medical expenses are a frequent one. If you have someone in your, your family with um, a health condition that costs a lot of money, you might end up you know, needing food assistance to get by even if you have a job. 
Um, and then we find that a lot of the families that are using food assistance have kids because having children, you know, it, it increases your budget and puts a strain on your budget. So unfortunately, a lot of the families that, that need help and come to food pantries or use other forms of food assistance are um, families with children. And sometimes grandparents taking care of grandchildren because the parents are not able to care for them for one reason or another. We're speaking to Kate Howe, who is the managing director of the Indie Hunger, Indie Hunger Network, excuse me, uh, IndieHunger.org. So let's say I'm in that situation and I need help how do I start the process? I, I'm sitting here I, you know, Google exists, but I'm not really sure what to do. Where would you advise that person to start? Well, we just created um, Community Compass to solve that problem because we were hearing from a lot of people in the community that they didn't know how to access a food pantry. They didn't know if they were eligible for federal nutrition programs like SNAP, which most people know as food stamps, or WIC, which helps um, pregnant women and children under the age of five. Um, school, school lunches, you can be eligible for free or reduced price school lunch if you um, have a, an income below a certain level. And, um, you know, it's just complicated. There are lots of ways to access food, but if you don't know which ones you're eligible for or how to get to them or where they even are, you're not going to be able to take advantages of those resources. So we created Community Compass, which is both a smartphone app and a texting service for people who don't have a smartphone where they can go find information on where's my local food pantry? What's the closest one? Is it open right now? What do I need to bring? Do I have to bring an ID or a piece of mail to get registered there? Um, if I want a meal, right, hot meal right now, where can I get that? And so we've put all of that in Community Compass to help people find that information at their fingertips rather than having to call a, a social worker or call 211 or go to some other place, Google and try to sort through the information they can find everything that they need right in Community Compass. So there's a smartphone version available either in Google Play or the App Store if you have an iPhone. And if you don't have a smartphone at all, you can just text the word HI to 317-434-3758. And um, we have a chat bot uh, who will communicate with you and give you all the same information that you would get through the app. So you mentioned, uh, you sparked something in my brain because... I didn't realize that food pantries, a lot of them have territories. So if you are in a specific area, you go to a specific food bank. How did that come about? Does that hold true across the board? How does that sort it out? That, you know, it, it seems like, oh, I show up to a food bank, they give me food. But a lot of times it's, it's sort of by geographical area, is it not? It is. There are some pantries that will serve anybody in the city. Um, St. Vincent de Paul is one of them. They're, as I mentioned, the biggest pantry we have in, in the city. Uh, but there are others that try to serve their particular neighborhood. And so they'll maybe have a zip code or, or a neighborhood boundary that they try to stick with. Most food pantries, if you go there one time and you're not in the area that they serve, they'll, let, they'll still give you food and then they'll direct you to another food pantry to go to the next time. Um, but the reason that, that food pantries have those geographic boundaries is simply because of the limits they have on the food. Um, they want to be able to serve their neighborhood really well, but if they disperse it across anyone in the city coming to their food pantry, they probably won't have enough to feed everyone. Um, and there are food pantries, as I mentioned, there are 200, they're all across the city. So there should be a food pantry in your neighborhood. Um, you can also look and see, you know, um, if the, what pantries are within a mile or a quarter mile of your house, if you don't have a car and you wanna be able to walk somewhere, um, you can look for um, pantries you can get to on a bus or by bike. And, and so it really gives you lots of options if you use Community Compass to figure out what's the pantry that will meet your needs. 
so briefly, what has the the pandemic done to the need for food in Indianapolis? It's um, depending on which organization you talk to, it's anywhere between one and a half and two and a half times higher than it was um, in February. So um, a lot of people have lost jobs or um, had less income because of the pandemic. Um, A lot of people don't feel like they can get out and get to a grocery store safely because of their health conditions or their age. And so um, it's creating more need for, for that help that people might not have needed before. All right. I, I end every program with the same question. What, you know, you're talking to a broad audience here. What do you see every day that you wish everyone understood about what you see every day? That there are people who need help with food everywhere in our city. Um, you might think that the people living in the house next door are doing great because they have a house, but maybe they're, you know, they've fallen on hard times or they have more expenses than they have income. And, um, it's everyday people who, who need help with food and um, just get out of your, your neighborhood, get out of your usual um, mind space and just take a look around because one in five people in our city are using food assistance. So somebody, you know, is needing that help. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Kate Howe, managing director at Indie hunger network. Their website is indiehunger.org. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Again, their website, IndieHunger.org, where you can also, and make sure you also get the Community Compass app. It is now in Spanish as well, so we want to make sure that we highlight that. Thank you for listening to Now Hear This. I am your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website, NowHearThisIndie.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please contact Gabby at 317-475-7407 or via the contact page on our website. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. Matt Whitliff and I are history nuts and news junkies, and we forever talked about how much history applies to modern politics, and we often fail to see the parallels in the past. So he and I have embarked on a long journey from antiquity to the present, where we're going to illustrate where our ancestors can help us build a better future. So subscribe now to the History of Modern Politics to get the full backstory on our current events. There are two episodes a month, and they're available now to subscribers of Wall Plus or at historyofmodernpolitics.com, or you can subscribe to the public podcast feed to get episodes in 2022.